0: It
1: is Monday, February 27th. I'm Scott Seidenberg.
0: And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Lakers
1: come back to win. Largest comeback in LeBron James's career.
0: And Jake Paul goes down. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas.
1: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
0: The Dallas Mavericks collapse against the LA Lakers. Or the Lakers came back against the Dallas Mavericks. You can look at it either way you want. Let's just start. Let's just say the NBA is the Vegas lead. <laughs> this was fat and I asked McKenzie what happened, and then he's like, hmm. I, I, I mean, I guess you can look at it both ways. This is kind of like a chicken or the egg conversation. Yeah, listen, the Lakers deserve to be lauded for this. The Mavericks deserve to be shamed a little bit, but this is a, either way, a, a massive comeback or a massive crushing collapse, however you want to look at it. It was a fantastic finish to a, what looked like it was going to be a garbage game. Mm-hmm. Turns out being amazing.
1: Yeah, it's the twenty-seven point comeback. Lakers defeat the Mavericks. Uh, if you weren't aware, Lakers win the game against Dallas by a score of one eleven to one oh eight. Twenty-seven point comeback. It's the largest comeback in LeBron James's career. No LeBron team has ever come back from that much down. It's the largest comeback for the Lakers since December 6th of 2002. Against? When they overcame a 30-point deficit against, go ahead, The
2: Dallas Mavericks.
1: Oh. The Dallas Mavericks. What are the chances? So now the two largest comebacks for the Lakers in the last 20-somewhat years. 20, what is that, 21 years, yep. right? That's good math there. <laughs> uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. And also, LeBron James, hearing a pop in this one. He tore his Achilles. I did not know that. <laughs> yes. Watching the game it <laughs> seemed fine. Tore his Achilles,
0: maybe his ACL, I don't know. It was a lot of things. Maybe broken toe, but either way, he stayed in the game, finished the game and Strong. now he'll he'll monitor it, but he heard a pop for sure. Like might have been, you know, somebody blowing a bubble uh <laughs> with, with their gum in the crowd. Yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. but he heard a pop. I think the most fascinating thing out of this was the post-game presser from Jason Kidd. And Jason Kidd A saying that his team needs to grow up which Luca's the only guy on that team who's not, like, over 30. Only starter under 30, yeah. But the the crazier thing that he said, in my opinion, was, I'm not playing. I'm not the savior here. I'm just watching just like you guys. That's a really interesting thing to say (laughs) when you're the head coach of an NBA team that just, like, they used one time out. When, this, when they were blowing the lead in the second and third quarters, one timeout in that entire time, and they they asked him, like, why, why did you only call the one timeout in that run? And he's, I was watching, just like, like you guys. Yeah, just like you guys. Those are watching. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, is that ex- Like, if you're Mark Cuban and you hear that, I'm like, man, I'm paying you a lot of money to watch this game while everybody else had to pay to be here. It's a really interesting thing to say for Jason Kidd, and you know, he talks about you know having championship mentality that doesn't sound like the mindset of a champion well there's
2: more than one school of thought on this uh, phil jackson was always the guy that would blow a 20 point lead and not call a timeout that was his mo he's like let me give you the mental reps to know what's not okay mm-hmm. and not bail you out with a you know a talking to every time you mess up
1: well that's what i was going to say how important are is in game coaching in the nba i understand the idea of drawing up a play an inbounds play in the final seconds but over the course of the entire game, how much coaching does the coach do? Does a lot of pointing and yelling, right? I mean, you <laughs> yeah. walk up and down, you walk up and down that sideline, you point and yell a lot. But I feel like That's uh, really the job. Yeah, that's the you job. That and watch the game apparently. <laughs> if you can look good in a suit or whatever and go up and down that that bench and just point and yell that That's how you become a great NBA head coach. I think a lot of the coaching is done, obviously, in practice, obviously I- installing some game plans, yep. what you want to do, how you want to defend certain players, what type of offense you want to run. But with the exception of drawing up a play on that whiteboard, I don't know what Jason Kidd's supposed to do when his team is blowing a 27-point lead.
0: I mean, you could, you could take out the good players and put in <laughs> the less good players. Can you call a timeout and say, hey, Luca"? while we've got a timeout, maybe you can talk to the official now instead of while you're <laughs> dribbling the ball or playing defense. <laughs> well, that because that's those, time don't, management. those don't seem like the best time to be having an argument with the official. Like, while you're dribbling or while you're defending, seems like the, a non-ideal time to have a conversation with how bad with the
2: officials and how bad it is. And that's what he's talking about. There's one 23-year-old in the starting lineup. Everybody else is a veteran, and he's saying we've got to mature. I think he's talking to Luca. He's saying... You let this game slip. You were playing okay, and then you, you got in your head a little bit.
0: And Luca, I mean, who if you look at his stat line, twenty six nine rebounds, five assists, you think, oh, not bad. Uh, but he was not good after really the first quarter. And he had a like it was the end of the game. They were down three. The shot clock was off. Like they really needed to make something happen.
2: Last last chance.
0: And Luca just had, I guess, what could only be equated to uh, you can only say it's a brain fart. Uh, he thought that the inbound had to stay on their side of the, the the midcourt line, and
2: they end up turning the ball over because he was scared. He thought he was going to get called for a backcourt. Which is weird because I've seen that 50 times this season. Someone throw it behind the backcourt for a last second. It's play. really odd,
0: and it just makes you wonder if, it, like, where his head was. Yeah. And it's one of those things, you know, when I always – I think the the all-star break is great for everybody in the NBA who's not an all-star. You can kind of take a, a little yeah. mental break and reset. But all those all-stars, they're involved still. They don't get a, like.
2: And the best player in this game was a perennial all-star that wasn't an all-star, Anthony Davis. He was plus 16 on the court. His defense was amazing. I don't get this guy. Every time I was the last guy to sell my stock on Anthony Davis, I'm <laughs> finally not the guy that I thought he was. Now he looks like an MVP candidate. I don't get it, but he was locked in this game and he was the best player on the court.
1: So the Lakers right now, with this you know, important win, the Lakers are 29 and 32. They are one game out of the 10 seed, which would put them into the play in tournament, but they're only two and a half games out of the six seed. Would you bet the Lakers now
2: to make the playoffs? Big win. This is the first time their NBA 538 playoff chances have been not above, but at 50%. Exactly a coin flip. It's been about 33% the last couple of weeks. So, Wow. Uh, this new roster is actually working. The Vegas market didn't react when they got D'Angelo Russell and they shift all Russell Westbrook but they've been a lot better three wins in a row but now
1: keep in mind to make the playoffs is not the playing tournament yes. they have to be a top 6 seed and be in the playoffs
0: no they got to make win. the final eight yeah you got to make the final eight like you, gotta, oh, if, so you can if you, you play can, your way you into the playoffs play, if
1: you play yeah. your way in yes.
0: you, you can win the bet no, no,
1: yeah no, yeah, no. yeah yeah okay so it's not just if they finished it's, it's the top 6 and then the 2 that make it out of the play in round okay so right. they can so you're still alive as long yeah. as they are 10 you're just not guaranteed they'd have to win their way in all right i guess but then again once you get to that point aren't you just trying to bet
2: off of it anyway I mean, it depends if you got plus 250 or if you got minus 110. But, yeah, generally, that's a, it's a good way to look, look at it. Because then you can just play each game individually at that point. Yeah, if you have a plus 250 two fifty, you're laying three and a half with the Lakers trying to get into the mm-hmm. playoffs, you're sitting pretty. You can, you can middle that. What was the
1: line, I guess, a couple of days ago? Lakers were might have been like plus 160, I think I saw. Uh, that was last week to make the playoffs. You got to imagine, like, the numbers as this new lineup seems to Look like it's working. People are starting to bet the Lakers
2: more and more. If there was a live line at about the second quarter mark when they were down twenty seven, oh, I wonder, uh, I wonder yeah, what it would be. Yeah. But now they got to be favored. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. It's probably gone. It's probably gone down significantly. What about the idea of money coming in on the Lakers to actually win this thing or win the West? Lakers are thir- plus thirteen hundred to win the Western Conference. And the Lakers are plus 2,500, 25-1 to, to win the NBA Finals.
0: Is that a road too far?
2: I think so. I mean, you need a guard. You need a great guard in the NBA playoffs. It's never happened before that I've seen. Uh, maybe, I guess, the Lakers in the bubble didn't have necessarily an all-star guard. That oh, Ronda, never happened. Ronda, exactly. And Ronda was you know playing at an all-star level at that point. I don't see it. There's too many good teams in the West. I'll say this. They can beat any one team in a series in the West, and it wouldn't shock me. But to get through the Nuggets, the Clippers— And uh, who else would it be, I guess, the the Suns Suns, with Kevin Durant? Yeah, I don't see it. Well,
1: yeah, once Kevin Durant comes back. Right now, the Suns are your favorite to win the West at plus 235. Nuggets plus 350. Clippers plus 550. Mavericks and Grizzlies plus 750. The Warriors plus 900. Then the Lakers. So all those teams ahead of LeBron and company. Elsewhere in the NBA last night, Damian Lillard, had one of the best games you'll ever see. He scored 41 points in the first half. It's the second seems most good, second most points scored by a player in the first half of a game in the last 25 years. The most Kobe Bryant had 42 in 2003. Was that the game that he went 81? That was March 28, 2003. I believe it was. Uh, Damian Loward is also now the only player in NBA history with 60 points and 10 three pointers in a game. By the way, he's done it twice.
2: There you
1: go. <laughs> he had 61 points uh, back in 2020. Again, that never happened. And then <laughs> he had 71 points last night. With 13 threes, he had 11 threes in that game in uh, 2020, uh, and yeah, this is just uh, this is an unbelievable stat line for a guy who was really hot going into the All Star break. He got the he won the three point um, sh- uh, contest. He hits the final shot yep. to win the All Star game with the Elam ending, and now post All Star break, Damian Lillard's got the Blazers. A half game out of the 10th
2: seed in the Western Conference. I think there's a lot of things to take from this. One, we said he's quietly having one of the best seasons of his career, not so quiet anymore. Mm -hmm. Two, he's 32 years old and he's as good as ever. I think that is a benchmark in NBA history. Nobody over 30 has ever scored 65 points, let alone 70, and he's playing better than ever. So we can expect that going forward when a guy's 30, maybe don't plan his retirement party for another four or five years, Hmm. the way the NBA is going. And then you just look at the rest of, I mean, Simons didn't play today. You look at the rest of the Blazers and what are they doing here? There's no other piece that I'm really happy about. Grant was their big signing. He scored 13 points. Obviously they won. You know, you didn't need any more from him, but he's playing like a top five player on the worst, you know, on one of the worst rosters a top five player can imagine playing for.
1: I think he's one of the players that everyone always expected to get traded over the past two seasons. And it just hasn't happened. So the fact that he's balling out, it's like, he just, he knows his, he's, Tied
0: to the Blazers, you might as well just go all out and try to get this team into the playoffs. And Damian Lillard, I mean, obviously the the team's not in good shape right now, so MVP votes aren't coming his way. That's not how it works in the NBA typically. But right. like, how many guys? I know there's guys ahead of him in the MVP race. How many guys are having a better season statistically than Dame? The Joker. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean it's a short list. It's got to be.
2: Let me pull up my favorite go to all in one stat, and uh, I'll tell you in a second. Uh,
1: Right now, Damian Lillard is one, two, three,
0: four, five, six, seven. He's the eighth favorite to win the MVP. Yeah, and again, if I mean he might not even make the playoffs. Yeah, like if If LeBron, uh, imagine his team, like imagine his team was Sacramento. Yeah, LeBron has half the odds. LeBron's seven to one.
1: Damian's fourteen to one. Well, that's weird because I mean the Lakers are just as bad as the actually. I'm sorry, it's way more than that. LeBron is seventy to one, and Damian Lillard is one hundred and forty to one. (laughs)
2: So by estimated plus minus, my favorite go-to, how much do you add to an average team on a Vegas point spread basis? Nikola Jokic is plus eight and a half. Lillard's plus seven. There's four other guys that are plus seven or better. Jokic, Embiid, Donkic, and Curry. Those are the top five right now in the NFL. Wow.
0: And I mean Curry hasn't been playing, so he it's hard to count what he's done. But everybody else is that's the MVP solidly race right in the uh, it's in, the in,
2: MVP race, and then Dame who we forget about.
0: Well, in the playoffs also, like it's guys who are going to be in true, the playoffs. True, true, true. So that that's what that's what keeps Dame out of that conversation. Like yeah, like I said, true. if Dame was playing on a, a three seed. Like it might be interesting. Mm-hmm. There might be some discussion about it, Jokic or Lillard. I could see that, but the team is just not just there. Win
2: thirty more games than you're than you're yeah, That's all. <laughs> yeah. What's the big
0: deal? Why can't you do that? We talked about the MVP
1: race last week. Jokic is minus two seventy five. Embiid plus three fifty. Giannis eight to one. Jason Tatum thirteen to one. Luka twenty to one. And then it falls off a cliff. LeBron seventy to one. John Morant hundred to one. And Lillard. 140 to 1. Oh, Kevin Durant's 200 to 1. I mean, we can throw a little something on
0: Durant. I'm sure that's coming. Yeah. Valuable to which team? I don't know how, that, I don't know how you would sparse that out. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks get a win over Brooklyn yesterday 129 to 127, but they also get a new head coach. Quinn Snyder this is a guy who's been around the block he's been everywhere he's been at he started at Mizzou at least I remember him at Mizzou first uh but then he coached the D League team in Austin when I was doing radio there in Austin I know he's gone on to have some success in the NBA what kind of a hire do you think this
2: is for the Hawks I think it's a great one I think it's giving him a five-year deal there's two people in that building that have the gravitas and know that they're not uh 2nd or second to no one in the building there's Trey Young who's you know you're $200 million man, and now you have Quinn Snyder, who's been an excellent coach in the NBA, in the playoffs, making strategic decisions. I'm wondering, his, his tenure, Quinn Snyder's tenure in Utah, ended up being more and more a Donovan Mitchell pick-and-roll simple type offense because he was elevating in status. He deserved more of the ball. Arguably, it didn't work out in the playoffs. That was That's, you know, history. I wonder if Trey Young and Quinn Snyder can both take a step forward in their development. Or Quinn Snyder's not... Dumbing down his offensive sets to try to get his best player the ball more, where Trey Young is not taking the ball and doing dumb stuff with it and running in more of a system. I think it could work for both parties, making both better.
1: I think that's it's, it's a good job, it's a good hire. He's the name that's been attached to it the whole time. It's it's really never been anybody else.
2: Yeah, but like, why now? Why did they fire Nate McNeil now? Because they wanted to hire Quinn Snyder. Yeah, right? exactly.
1: Like to keep him from taking another job. Yep. My whole thing is, though, it's like, what's what's the ceiling for the Atlanta Hawks? And is it ever going to get high enough that, A, this is a marquee job in the NBA, or B, this is a perennial contender in the NBA? I don't think the answer is yes for either of those for the next at least five years. Hard to see it. Maybe 10 years. Sure. So okay, great. You got a good hire. It's a good job. Any job in the NBA is a good job, but there's a lot better ones than the Atlanta Hawks. So good, you'll be a you'll be a, a fun Eastern Conference team. You could be the Knicks. You know, th- that's <laughs> it. But I mean, at least the Knicks play in Madison Square well, no, They Knicks what's...
2: didn't make the playoffs for a decade. <laughs> Thibodeau, Thibodeau comes along, and yeah. now they're you know relevant. That's something. W- why hasn't the
0: Trey Young Dejounte Murray Duo, Why hasn't that worked out? Because they
2: haven't developed an offense where it's two point guards playing point guard. They have DeJounte Murray relegated to a shooting guard position. And, you know, Nate McMillan had a lot of tension with Trey Young throughout the season. They never developed, um, you know, cohesion in that in that particular department.
0: And it's, it's not unusual now to have two point guards on the floor. Like,
2: yeah, it could work, for sure.
0: I mean, honestly, that's kind of what they're trying to do in Dallas, right?
2: I mean, even teams like the Clippers and the Celtics, they don't have two point guards, but they have two... Two main, ball handlers. Main operators, yeah. yeah. That, that, every possession, it's going to be what do they want to do, get them in a position that's advantageous.
0: And that's what I mean with Dallas. Like It's not like Luke True. is a, a point guard, but yeah. he's a, a driver. He's an offense driver. And Kyrie, an offense driver. Like, it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to figure out, but for whatever reason.
2: Trey Young's prickly. He's a little different. He likes to take 40-footers. I mean, Trey I'm, Young
0: stocks down this year, it isn't is, it?
2: It is is down a lot. And I think it's because a lot of people respect Nate McMillan. They know he's not uh, overly bearing on, on a player saying, oh, I don't want you to have fun out there. He wants to win basketball games. Trey Young, he made the Eastern Conference Finals once. Outside of that, there's no point in his career where you can say this guy's a winning basketball player, elevating his team better than the talent around
0: him. Uh, the other big game yesterday that I, I guess we should address was Milwaukee getting a win over Phoenix, one hundred four to one hundred one, without Giannis. Yep. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, but I, I guess the, the real question is, like, what's the what's the latest on KD? What should we expect? When should we expect the new look Suns to look like? what we what we're hoping
2: so last see. week brian Winhorst said of ESPN, outside chance it'd be against the bucks if not expect it tuesday in charlotte and my question is tuesday in charlotte is that supposed to be like a marquee event okay kevin durant all right he wants to ease his way back in tuesday in charlotte looks like he's going to be his first game
1: well we got a short schedule tonight uh the pistons are at the hornets charlotte is speaking of uh charlotte laying six and a half the heat are at the sixers philadelphia laying six this is an interesting line. Celtics are at the Knicks. Boston laying only two and a half. Jalen Brown not playing. That spread warranted without Jalen Brown, McKenzie.
2: I think so. I think road. I think I would look at the Celtics in this situation. I mean, the Knicks coming off blowout wins over the Pelicans, an upset win over the Wizards, where they came back from down twenty. Uh, just give me the better team in this one. I don't think home court advantage is going to be too much of a problem. Why is the
0: Why is the money moving this way? You like, opened five, now two and a half. Like, it's because Jalen Brown's was, out. It, it, was it known that. It, like, it was
1: announced earlier yeah, yesterday. Yeah, because he played
2: the last game. I, I didn't know until yeah. right now. Okay, okay so it,
1: it, it was announced earlier yesterday. The Celtics announced Jalen Brown's out. Gallinari, who's still going through the ACL. Is he repaired. resting his face? Is that all? <laughs> it what just, we're talking it has
2: personal reasons.
1: Ah, he's hanging
2: out with Andrew Wiggins.
1: And then, uh, so Gallinari also out. He's still dealing with the left knee uh, ACL repair. And
0: Derek White dealing with the right ankle sprain is probable.
2: If you like the Knicks, I would say go Jalen Brunson over. The Celtics allow point guards to do what they want to do. Especially with no Derek White out there, huh? Yeah. And Marcus Smart still hurt. If they're going to have success, it's going to be through Jalen Brunson. So I'd look at the Celtics, but if I, if I like the Knicks, if I was on that side of the equation, I would play Jalen Brunson over. That's clever cra- thinking, right there. I like <laughs> yeah. that. Here's a cra- here's
1: it. a cra- crazy Celtics stat: Jason Tatum is the only player in NBA history to shoot at least fifty percent on game tying or go ahead field goals in the last. 24 seconds, which is the shot clock, of the fourth quarter with a minimum of 25 attempts. That's crazy. After he hit that game winner on Saturday night, which that was a crazy ending, by the yeah, way, right? we, full we didn't speed, talk about that. Stop on a dime. He hits nice that one. three, and then Embiid hits a full court shot, but it's after the buzzer. So, by the way, the strength of Joel Embiid to just like barely look like he was shooting that ball,
2: and it was three quarters court. No one's ever yeah. hit an 80 foot game winner ever. Embiid had one rim in and out, and one actually go in, but it was a yeah. point two seconds. So after that game winner on Saturday
1: night, Jason Tatum is thirteen for twenty six on such shots, including 50, it's fifteen for twenty nine if you include playoffs. Think about that. He's the only player in NBA it's history two for three in the playoffs. Only player in NBA history fifty percent on game tying or go ahead field goals in the last twenty four seconds of the fourth quarter.
2: That's insane. It says a couple of things to me. One, he's very young, so the sample size isn't that big. Two, he's very comfortable at a very young age being that guy. People forget he's 24. You know, Kobe had some bad playoff games before he was 24, and he kind of grew into the player that we end up knowing him as. So Jason Tatum, the sky's the limit. Clutch is what they say. Uh, one other game tonight, the Magic at the Pelicans, New Orleans, playing for.
0: Recapping a weekend in college hoops, a lot of our system plays – We're going down on Saturday, actually Sunday too. So six system plays. System Saturday. Between Saturday and Sunday. Five on Saturday, one on Sunday. They go a healthy three and two on Saturday, Mm -hmm. a very healthy one and oh on Sunday. So four and two over the weekend. Yeah, three. And I believe four and two, that's 67%. It's pretty good. The whole season has been 67. So it's gonna add them together. It's gonna hold that hold firm at 67. That's my math prediction. What do you got, McKenzie?
2: <laughs> uh, my computer says you are correct, sir.
0: Yes, yes. Here's what went down on Saturday. North Carolina was a favorite at home against number six I'll Virginia. Be like it got, it, they took money to North Carolina. It went from like two and a half, three, four. Four and a half. I was like, what is happening? Well, in the here? first half,
1: you understood why. They blew them yes. out in the first half. 42 26 in the first half. They win easily. They cover. Uh, this one was a close game. Number nine, Baylor. Number eight, Texas. Close spread, but it wound up being a system play because Baylor is a number nine favorite over number eight. Baylor wins and covers. Uh, also, a system play was unranked Oklahoma State at home, favored over number 14, Kansas State. End of the first half, Oklahoma State's winning by two. You thought you were on your way to another system win.
0: They were winning by nine at one point. I had Oklahoma State. Yeah, did not work my way. Yeah, uh, Kansas State wins, uh,
1: so they took care of business there. System is a loser. System play, another close game. Texas Tech unranked, favored over number 24 TCU. And despite a valiant comeback effort in the second half, because they were down uh, in the first half, TCU does hold on to win 83-82. Uh, there was like a free throw in the closing seconds that that won the game. And then the other system play that did win, Mississippi State, unranked,
0: at home, favored over number 25, Texas A&M. They win 69-62. Some notable non-system games, Alabama and Kansas both eke out wins. Alabama 86-83 over Arkansas. Kansas 76-74 over West Virginia. Indiana, a big dog on the road. I don't want to talk about at Purdue (laughs) and they win 79, 71, a a crushing second half. And as good as home court's been in the big 10, this is one of the more shocking results of the season. That was one of my bigger losses on Saturday. I had Purdue
2: is Purdue for real this year. Are they going to falter? Like they always do. I don't know.
0: They've got two freshman guards and they've got a a gigantic man in the middle. Like uh, Purdue almost always falters. My, my initial response is yes, they're gonna lose in the tournament. You, in can't, guards, yeah. you can't win like that. But yeah, this was this was a, certainly a, a rough loss for them. Speaking of rough losses, Arizona State hits a shot from beyond half court mm-hmm. to beat Arizona at Arizona, 89-88. That one counted. Nice. That then, was awesome. San Diego State hits a long three-pointer at the buzzer. They beat New Mexico 73-71 at New Mexico, a game that New Mexico needed desperately for their tournament hopes. Those are probably gone the way of the dinosaur now. Uh, Other notable finals, Oklahoma gets an upset win over Iowa State. Florida State upsets Miami. There was a lot of upsets this weekend. Uh, One of them that was not, uh, Marquette, who we talked about them, winning the Big East regular season. Mm -hmm. Their next game, DePaul. One of the worst teams in the conference. Worst non-Georgetown division, I call it. Hey, they're
2: from Chicago. Be easy. Be easy.
0: Hey, DePaul <laughs> came out, put up some fight. That's what I'm saying. Marquette wins 90-84. to 84. Easy cover for, for DePaul. And then I had to get this one in for you, Scott. St. John's, 86, UConn, 95. Yeah. Yeah, it was we, bummer. We knew that that would be a really good game, and it <laughs> and, wasn't. And, and and Gonzaga did win and cover <laughs> oh, yeah, against St.
1: Mary's. So yeah, that was big because now uh, I think St. Mary's though is still the one seed in the West so, Coast well. Conference tournament. So now
0: they've got to play Loyola, how we we talked about. They're yeah. on the side of the bracket. But with you Loyola. know what? The way at the
1: West Coast Conference tournament works, I mean, they're both in the semifinals. They're going to go to the championship. Good. So do we
2: know uh, how close it was? Like if they would have won by fifty against? I think they San had Diego. to win. I think they had to
0: they had to beat st mary's by like 15 or 16 points to get it done uh the one system play from yesterday was maryland uh they were favored over northwestern number 21 northwestern pulled out and this was a game that was tight at halftime 41 39 halftime uh 75 59 the final maryland takes care of business providence gets a win over georgetown 88 68 and ucla Sneaks by Colorado on the road. Tough place to play, 60-56. to 56. Let me ask you
1: about a game tonight that uh, is intriguing. Number nine, Baylor is on the road at Oklahoma State. As of now, Baylor is a point-and-a-half favorite over Oklahoma State. If money comes in on you know the Cowboys, could we get a potential system play?
0: What do we think? I'd be shocked if we got a system play out of this. If anybody who bet on Oklahoma State over the weekend got burned, wants nothing to do with this team. So they of were, course they're going to bet against them, and Oklahoma State's going to win this game. Probably so. <laughs> they, they were in control of that game, and I've got real questions. And I, you know, I'm I'm not a coach, so it's hard for me to say this. This is a poorly coached team, but I, I just think Mike Boynton's a dope. So and his he can't create any offense that only gets more difficult. When you go up against this Baylor team, who is their their defense wasn't great mm. against Texas, but their offense really showed out. Uh, Baylor is is becoming a real complete team. I don't like backing road teams right now, especially road favorites. But this it'd be hard for me to look at Oklahoma State in this game. I, I just I, I'm I'll just say this publicly, so I don't have to even answer any questions about it or, or think about doing mm-hmm. it. I will not bet Oklahoma State for the rest of the year. There, okay.
2: this was a team that they were the 2023 national champions. Yeah, <laughs> probably so.
0: They were basically a lock to be in the tournament a week or a couple of weeks ago. They've lost four straight games. If they if they lose these last two games, they're going to be on the wrong side of the bubble. Like it, it collapsed in a hurry. For and Oklahoma then we'll be State. watching them uh, here in Vegas at the Nit. They'll win the Nit. That's that sounds
1: That's pretty likely. Place. Yeah. That's, well. Uh,
0: semifinals and finals are yes and and one thing that's changed about them is uh back beginning of this month Avery Anderson got hurt he's their point guard things have have gone downhill without Avery Anderson I I, you know I I just don't I don't think much of this team right now so I think Baylor's the rightful favorite uh I, I think that maybe you're you might see some uh, some sh- sharp money, think that, I, but I, I can't see it flipping the line to the other side. The other game, Iowa State minus four at West Virginia, or hosting West Virginia. These are two teams that are super reliant on their home floors. Iowa State, elite home court team. West Virginia, elite home court team, which means they're both poor on the road. Iowa State are nothing for me in this game at all.
1: XFL Week 2 started on Thursday with that Seattle-St. Louis game. But we had uh, a Saturday game. We had a couple of Sunday games. The Saturday game here in town. The Vegas Vipers in the rain at Cashman Field. It it looked... Started good. It looked terrible, though, the field. I mean... (laughs)
2: First well, we, off, we one at least, though. I mean, first we're represented off, for our city.
0: No, no, what? No,
2: yeah, don't approve. D-
1: DC beats Vegas eighteen to six in the, the pouring rain. It was terrible weather on uh, Saturday night here in town,
0: and Cashman Field, just. Uh, I think they you know tried. What? I think, uh, and I'll just go ahead and say we. Since we're all living here in Vegas, I think we have the worst field in the NFL. The worst in the XFL. Field. In the XFL. Oh yeah, maybe
2: the yes. best in the NFL. Maybe One of the, the best. worst. And there are. The
1: are I saw some XFL. people like on Twitter like asking like, oh, why can't they use like? Uh, well, they're not going to use Legion Stadium, okay? But why can't they use like Sam Boyd Stadium? Sam Boyd Stadium is like uninhabitable right now. If, like, it, they, they, it's they, a ghost town. They, out yeah, like they cannot they cannot hold any
0: events there. We'll, we always talk like in Houston. They, they can't like, hold events. Like, they, we <laughs> talked about the astronaut. and people like, why don't they do something with the astronaut? I'm like, dude, there's literally. Like rat fights in the ass yeah. of, there's like, like yeah. knives there's <laughs> rats that are like the size of small children fighting with each other like there's a there's an event there every night you just can't see it yeah. <laughs> closed doors remember that
1: Family Guy thing we got some bad cockroaches
0: in there
2: oh. I cut
1: you man I cut
0: you so good yeah I can't uh, even I can't even imagine but, all right, yeah there's just not there's not really a good alternative no nah, here's
1: what went down there's some high school fields that are probably nicer than probably Casherin so yeah, Borman? Borman. Yeah, yeah yeah here's what happened on Sunday you had the San Antonio Brahma's 30-12 to 12 winners over the Orlando Guardians, and then AJ's Houston Roughnecks with a 23-14 win over the
0: Arlington Renegades. Here's what I've learned. The Roughnecks are good, better than anybody thought. The Guardians are not only the worst team, they are the worst team by a good good margin. They are mm. very, very bad at extreme football.
1: All right, uh, passing leaders in the XFL
0: with 140
1: yards. Here's what. Th- here's what's <laughs> interesting: with 478 yards through two games, Ben Danucci, the Nooch, newt- is the passing leader. However, Brandon Silver's of Houston only played one game. And is less than 20 yards behind Ben DiNucci. He had 445 yards in one game, Brandon Silvers had. And uh, Ben DiNucci in two games, 478 yards. Your rushing leader, former NFL running back, Kalen Balaj, who's got uh, 107 yards in only one game. 36 carries, 107 yards. Your receiving leader, Jakor Pearson, who's got 16 catches for 173 yards in two games, that is your uh stat leaders
0: for the X half, half. I think I've got some bad news for the uh for Vegas. There seems to be a quarterback controversy, Luis Perez and Brett Hundley. Yeah, Brett Hundley, uh, basically six points. Brett, Brett Hundley, did that take him out. They well, they took out Perez, they put in Brett Hundley, he proceeded to score zero yeah. uh for That'll the happen. rest of the game, but yeah, there is now. A, uh, and we we talked about this at the beginning of the season, that we thought that we may see both guys, and now we've seen both guys, Luis Perez and Brett Hundley, uh, both getting action. Brett Hundley, n- not very good, uh, at least the, the small percentage of plays that he got. He had 18 attempts. He was 11 of 18 for a whopping 98 yards. Now, granted, there was weather, pretty bad weather in Vegas, but... Yeah, did not look good for uh, for, for Vegas. So who he, starts
2: next game? What do you think?
0: I, I think you got to go back to Luis Perez. Yeah, I mean, he's, Probably. I mean, listen, you benched Luis Perez because they only had six points up. And then you go the, the second half, and you get zero. I, I think you go I'd six greater than zero. Hold on, check the calculator again. <laughs> six greater than zero. It feels like that. That's that's got to be it. So here are
1: your current odds to win the entire league. The DC Defenders are the favorite to win. They are plus three hundred. They're currently two and zero on the season. I'll take the Roughnecks over there. The Houston Roughnecks are plus three thirty. They are also two and zero and. They're the only two and and0 team in the South Division, and the St. Louis BattleHawks are plus three eighty. St. Louis also the only other two and O team. So Adrian McCarron, teams,
0: a proven winner. Three yep.
1: teams are two and and0 Those are your three favorites. In in case, football now too. What are the odds now for the Guardians? The Orlando Guardians are plus fifteen hundred. No they value. Are, they are plus the bottom 15? team. They should be one hundred to one. They're the bottom team. Anybody right watching now. these games? And the Vegas Vipers are uh, plus a thousand. So 10-1 to on the Vegas Vipers. At least
2: we're not the worst.
1: We're not the worst, but I mean. Let's go Houston Roughnecks over the D.C. Defenders in the XFL Bowl. I like the Roughnecks better than
2: the
0: Defenders.
1: What's the championship game called? I don't know. The XFL Championship. The Rock Bowl. The The Rangers picked up a win over the Kings 5-2, to snapping their four-game losing streak. And I'm telling you right now, the Rangers are getting Patrick Kane. This is something Breaking that news. lock it in. I'm I'm telling you, it's happening. This is something that uh, we kind of teased last week on the Dream Pod when RJ asked me who I would take right now to win the Stanley Cup, and I gave out the Rangers. And then they proceeded to lose four straight games, so it looked really good, my bet. Um, but the Rangers odds when we talked about it were 14 to one. Rangers went one in four in their last five games, so it's got to be 15, 16 to one. Rangers are twelve to one to win the cup now. Something's going on. Something's going on. You know what's going on? They're getting Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane left the Chicago Blackhawks over the weekend. What do you mean left? He left. Left the team. He went. He flew back to Chicago. He went home. He basically the team is saying he's stepping away until this gets resolved. So until what gets resolved? Well. Are they trading him or are they not trading him? Here's what we know from the Rangers side of things. Talked about this a couple of days ago. They scratched. They had two players that were healthy scratches from a game. Those players still have not suited up for the Rangers. Also, the Rangers uh, traded away a player and they sent a player down to the AHL which he's not even going to report to the AHL, Braden Schneider, it's going to be essentially a salary dump for them. They are clearing cap room. A move is coming. It might even come today. They waived Jake LeCision. They cleared up the space. Patrick Kane will be a New York Ranger, and this makes the Rangers a dangerous team. The odds right now to win the Stanley Cup New York is the fifth favorite. You have the Bruins, then the Avalanche, then the Hurricanes and Maple Leafs, then the New York Rangers. Trade is coming. Patrick Kane will be a Ranger.
2: Where will Kane be in the pecking order of best Rangers?
1: So, I I don't know. I can answer that question in terms of like who the best Rangers are. Like, not it's not that, that's, that's not how it goes. Right. I mean, right now I'd say it, you know between Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin are probably the two top players in it's the not Rangers. Not like a batting
2: lineup. where the best. No, guys no, are no. Line.
1: It's the line combination. So the Rangers top line right now, ever since they they got Vladimir Tarasenko, he's been on the top line with uh, Zibanejad and Kreider. The second line has been Panarin, Trocek, and Barclay Goodrow. goodrow has got. Uh, Stanley Cup experience, won two cups with the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, I would probably go with putting him on that second line, because they're not going to break up the kid line. The kid line is what uh, it it called. the Rangers call their third line. They're all young players. It's Capo, Kako, Philip Kiedel, and Alexei Lafreniere. They're called the kid line. They're all 21, 22. They're very, very young. Uh, They're not going to break that lineup. So I think he slides into that second line. The Rangers try and figure this thing out the way they want to maybe uh, move Goodrow down. And it's going to be really interesting to see, though. I think this makes them a very, very dangerous team. I'll tell you that much. There was a trade, though, that went down yesterday, and that was the Devils acquiring Foosball oh, is the devil. The devils. The devils who are ahead of the Rangers in the standings, they acquire Timo Meyer from the uh San Jose Sharks. It's a big deal. Timo Meyer is a really good player. He's an all-star forward. And what this does now is it gives the Devils an opportunity to pair Timo Meyer up with their captain, Nico Heeshear. Why is that? mean anything for those of you that don't uh speak hockey language they're both swiss they are a couple of years apart from each other but they've played together and that's what happens in 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 hockey circles you grow up playing with the same players essentially because you're playing in the world junior tournaments and you're playing in you know all these other events together that it's like AAU that get exactly yeah. exactly. So, you know, Nico Heischer and Timo Meyer reuniting, it's they're gonna these guys will slide onto the ice together as if they didn't skip a beat, you know. So, I, I think it makes the Devils, it certainly gives it's not like they needed offense. The Devils are one of the top offenses in, in the NHL, but you put Meyer now and Heischer on that top line with uh Jesper Bratt, and and all of a sudden the Devils. Really got some some really good firepower here uh, on their top line. They're one of the top teams. They're one of the youngest, fastest teams in the NHL. Devils could be a, a team as well to look out for. They are 13-1 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup right now. And if the standings held, this is what's interesting about hockey. The way the playoff format goes is the top seeds in each division Play against the two wild card teams. And then the two and three teams in each division play each other. If the standings hold up, Devil's Rangers is a first round series. So that would be pretty exciting to watch. Who you got? You know who he's got. I got the Rangers.
2: You're from New Jersey, <laughs> only if Patrick,
1: right? Patrick Kane's going. <laughs> yeah, but I grew up in New York. I right. grew up a Rangers Brooklyn. fan. 94, bro. Come on. Uh, Here's what's happening tonight. Red Wings at the Senators. Ottawa, minus 135. The Canucks at the Stars. Dallas, minus 278. Bruins at the Oilers. Boston, minus 140. VGK is in Colorado. And the Avs are minus 140. Blackhawks at the Ducks. Connor Bedard game. Ducks are minus 135. Mackenzie, let me ask you something. You might be able to answer this, like, and correlate it to basketball terms. So, I've noticed... Over the past week or so, it's been, first of all, it's been really hard for me capping some of these games. Uh, A lot of underdogs are winning. A lot of performances that you uh, don't expect to see from teams. I read an article a couple of days ago about when the Rangers were losing their four games in a row. And the article talked about how all of the trade talks, all of the roster uncertainty is weighing on the players. Some players don't know if they're going to be, on the team tomorrow. Some players don't know if they're going to be a healthy scratch because they're getting traded. Or, in in the likes of some of the other players, you get released or sent down to the AHL if you have a two-way contract. How do you think that that factors in here? Do you think, like, when it comes to the NBA around the trade deadline, do
2: you notice, do you get some funky results? Oh, most definitely. This Charlotte Hornets just pulled off two upset wins. And I think if you look at them versus their competition, the advantage they had, is actually cohesion. Even though they're a bad team that no one expects from anything, the coach was able to preach the same method, same let's do this better, let's do this better during the All-Star game. Whereas a team like the Nets or a team like the Heat, they just got brought in Kevin Love, there's a big question mark every time the five guys are on the court is, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. So the Nets, they've lost, what, seven of their last eight games? I think they have better roster than they're performing, but they don't know who's the main guy, who's the second main guy, and I don't think it's that simple. But you understand what I'm saying. Teams with more questions than answers often struggle at this time of year.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's it's maybe coaches trying to figure out line combinations yeah. with, uh, with just. Rosters, okay, this guy's not available to you tonight. Now you have to shuffle your lines. Or players, yeah, as I mentioned before, not knowing what their future holds. Maybe these trade talks do weigh on some of these players. Uh, By the way, the Colorado Avalanche have won five straight games. uh, Second longest winning streak in the league. Behind the Boston Bruins. I'm guessing no trades for the Avalanche. I haven't seen anything come down yet. And the uh, longest losing streak right now is the St. Louis Blues, who have traded away pretty much all of their top talent. Didn't
2: they win a championship not too long ago? Yeah, a couple years
1: ago, yeah. Remember? Gloria, Gloria. (laughs) That was like their theme song. So uh, keep an eye on that. But as I called it, and as a lot of people are calling it, Patrick Kane will be
0: a New York Ranger maybe as fast as today. Well, guys, the long, long, long undefeated streak has come to an end for Jake Paul as he drops a decision, a split decision, 76-73, 76-73, 74-75 to Tommy Fury. And this was not as close as those scores would make it seem. There was some... Really terrible officiating in the mm-hmm, fight. Mm-hmm. There was some really terrible I heard fighting there was, at I heard some there was, points.
1: Uh, point deductions.
0: What happened? Uh, uh, yeah, the first point deduction was against the first one was against Jake Paul, Uh, and then the second one. It, it's almost like they it, like for back of the head shots, and then they said the next round they took a point from Tommy Fury from for grabbing his arms, okay. and I was like, what are we? What are we doing? Let these guys freaking fight. Uh, I thought that Jake Paul won two of the eight rounds. Apparently, one judge thought that he won the majority of the rounds. That's just kind of the the way it goes with these these YouTube fights.
2: I mean, it wasn't a WBA like sanctioned Oh it was. Oh, yeah, really? top, top rank promoted this
0: fight. like this was a, a this is the first fight that Paul's had outside of his own promotion. So that Scott and I discussed this, I, I think off the air, maybe uh, last week, made it less likely that a fix would be in like when you know make, it does make a lot of sense. when Bob Arum's involved like it, instead of like you know Jake Paul's dad or whoever <laughs> whoever's running that promotion right like Nate um,
2: Robinson he might have be embarrassed for the rest of his life for laying on the turf but he maybe has a million dollars extra cuz of it
0: exactly you know? yeah i don't i don't think uh you were going to get Tommy Fury to do that here's what i'll take uh, i'll give away from this Tommy Fury's not some great boxer he's not making he, no mistake. he is not his half brother he's he's about <laughs> half of his half brother yeah. uh if that but he was good enough to really handle Jake Paul. Jake Paul did drop him in the eighth round. I or... heard it was a slip. No, I think it was a clean knockdown, but it was like knocked him down to a knee and he hopped right back up. Yeah, I heard it was a slip. He d- uh. he didn't go down, down, but by boxing rules, it would be a knockdown. Uh, but, it, I mean, Paul had to let it all go and it, he he won the round, but uh was not enough to win the fight. The announcers... The entire – I was like, oh, my God, they're, they're going to screw Tommy Fury here because all the announcers were like, this is a, a nail-biter as close <laughs> as it gets fight here at ringside. I was like, what – like, do you guys have a different monitor than I've got? What's happening here?
1: I'm always amazed by this because, like, could this – we haven't seen anything like this in history because – and we've seen popular athletes, but we live in this new world of social media stardom, Right. And we have a sport, especially one that is determined by judges, and you are measured upon how much revenue you bring in, meaning how many eyeballs are watching you, how many people are paying to watch you. And so to have somebody that comes in from the street, but with millions upon millions upon millions of followers It impacts what is, you know, it impacts the sport. And so, yeah, you can say, oh, he's fought washed up people or whatever. Please, was it it Jake Paul or Logan Paul that fought Ben Askren?
0: Which one? Uh, That was Jake Paul. That was Jake Paul fought Ben
1: Askren. That was the biggest piece of shit money grab fixed fight I've (laughs) ever seen in my life. First of all, Ben Askren is a guy who at one point was a terrific fighter. Had not fought in. At one
0: years. point, was a t- terrific wrestler.
1: Yeah. Had not fought in years. Okay. Last time he saw a paycheck was I. I don't know. Give me a year to twenty fifteen. I, when I when was this fight?
2: This he fought in twenty twenty one. Right, and that was huh? his last paycheck. Yeah, I'm
1: saying before <laughs> that. When was the last time this guy got a freaking paycheck? Good point. And all of a sudden he steps into the ring, and then it, it was the. It was honestly the fight was such a joke, and then after the fight. He just, like, walks out, like, puts arm around, like, his f- people. He's he's laughing and having a good time. It, y- you've never seen a guy take money more than you <laughs> saw Ben Askren after that fight. And I just kept saying, that's why I told you, AJ. I said, the fact, I think he's going to lose because this is a real, this is top-ranking ESPN. This isn't Triller. But it's I'll just be crazy.
0: You talk about Ben Askren taking money, like, and I hate to say this because he's, like, one of my favorites. He's, like, a, a, a hero to me. I'm almost certain Anderson Silva like like played around with him and was finally like all right, I guess now's the time where <laughs> you beat day. me. Yeah. This is the time where you
2: beat me and I was like, "Oh,
0: but not at 2 Anderson." Yeah,
2: <laughs> we've seen this too. Shakespeare by the way. What was that? That was Shakespeare at 2. At 2 Brute. See, so yeah, I know what's up. All right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you knew what's up. Yeah, right. yeah,
1: but didn't didn't we see didn't we I mean, we've seen um this happen before and just we what what we haven't seen is the 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 amount of following that both Jake and Logan Paul have to now enter into a sport like what would happen? And this is I'm very curious. This Olivia Dunn girl, right, who is the the LSU gymnast, yeah, who's got millions upon millions of followers to the point where they have to – um have to have, like, extra security. To, yeah, and, and, and close the gym and all that shit. What's to stop somebody getting a hold of, of her, a money manager or whatever, and when she competes – maybe you can't do it on the coll- collegiate level, but if she goes into some sort of other competitive thing to have her win. Like I don't know, like, I don't know how this. Got to think works. of a good
2: event. I'll pay for watch her win anything. <laughs> so I'm just saying,
1: like I don't, I don't know how this thing works, but uh, it's to, you don't just you don't just decide you want to be a professional boxer
0: and then get million dollar pay per views. You don't. But I will say this: he, he, while he's not, and this this is the first professional boxer he's ever fought, and he lost. And that was I tweeted that yesterday. I was like. Professional boxing is a lot harder when you have to fight <laughs> a professional boxer. Yeah, it just is. But to his credit, he is an amazing athlete. Like
1: like it, so what, what, like like Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul is that the biggest joke you've ever? That's seen? That's the biggest joke I've it's ever the biggest I've
0: seen. Biggest joke you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. But both these. And then, but then I see Logan Paul. I saw like some clips of him at like a pro wrestling thing where he's like a freakishly great athlete. Listen, like their natural ability, fantastic- incredible. Logan Paul WWE. Match made in heaven. Yeah, but
1: to actually try and be a professional boxer and to do to to schedule fights against has-beens and former MMA guys, and the first time you actually fight a, even though he's a former professional boxer, a guy who's now a reality star who hasn't fought in years,
0: you lose. Here's the thing: every boxer who gets their record up to five and o, oh, six and o, oh, seven and o, oh, does it on the backs of guys that you'll are cans basically like there are like
2: boxing promote
0: setups. They was donating his
2: body to that one.
0: boxing promoters literally have guys that they call. They're like, Ooh, I got a good boxer. I need to call one of these guys to come fight him. And they build up that record. The difference is most of those fights happen in like, you know, an empty high school gym. Mm -hmm. These all, all of Jake Paul's were on pay-per-view, which is crazy. That's the difference, because everybody fights guys that they're supposed to beat when they're coming up. The difference was he was just getting paid millions to do it. And like you said, the first time he fought an actual real boxer, uh, it got a little bit. And I, I also want to say the first time it wasn't under his promotional banner. That's the biggest thing for me. He got exposed. It wasn't under his promotion. Listen To, to
1: his th- credit. Listen, he fought Nate Robinson. He fought Nate Robinson, former— Dunk contest champion. That would be like, what's the guy's name? Mac McGruber.
0: Mac McClung. Mac McClung. (laughs) That would be like Mac.
1: Gruber. (laughs) Do you understand? That would be like in five years from now, if Mac McClung is fighting in a pay-per-view boxing event against some dude.
2: That Come would be. On. That would actually be incredible. When <laughs> I think about that, did you know you could bet this? I didn't know that. Jake... Oh yeah, Tommy Friel's plus is plus one thirty-five. Right. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I should have been down do on. Do you know that. how much? Do you know how much money I've made on Jake Paul?
1: Bet- in, in betting on, on fixed fights. Betting on these fixed fights over the past like couple of years, Dude. I bet on him in every single fight except for this one. Bet against him, but I bet on him in every single fight, and it's just free money.
0: This is exactly what my. So my brother texted me this morning. He listens every day. Shout out Ryan. He said, "We bet, in, we betting Jake Paul or what?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no." And he is like, "I got the same
1: text from. He's bet.
0: He's, he's bet Jake Paul yep. every fight, yep. and he's always won. And he's, he's. I said, "What current? What are the current odds you're getting?" And he sent me, and it was, you know, minus one sixty five, plus one thirty five. I said, "Take Fury. That's the. It's the only way so, you can bet." And so- then he's like. Damn, they got me on this one. I was like, you didn't listen <laughs> to me? He bet Jake Paul anyway. So I got the same text
1: from the same friend of mine. We uh, both went in together on every single one of these fights. We we bet him together. He texted me. He's like, are we doing it again? Let's go. Let's ride. And I said, I didn't tell him to bet Tommy Fury. I just said, I wouldn't touch this fight with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I said, do not. Do not bet Jake Paul. I'm telling you, and I told him the whole thing, the whole conversation we had about the, the it, it's not Triller anymore or whatever the, that promotion was. This is top rank ESPN. I said, do not bet this fight. He bet Jake Paul.
2: He uh, both tried to talk him out yeah. of it.
0: Except AJ told him to bet the winning side. Right. I just told him not yeah. to yeah. Bet, it, bet it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, to his credit, Jake Paul
2: who I expected to
0: be, like, kind of bitter, sore loser about it, he tweeted out yesterday, don't judge me by my wins, judge me by my losses. Congrats to Tommy, his team, and his family. Thank you to everyone that tuned in. Thank you, Saudi Arabia, as well. I will be back. So uh, it, it's classy in defeat, I suppose, which is a little bit unexpected.
2: Well, apparently he got booed because he was saying how he got hurt in training camp. And oh,
0: well, yeah. There's his
2: immediate a, there's response wasn't so classy.
0: There's a video online of him being interviewed before the fight where he's, like, you know, making all the noises and he's hyped <laughs> up. He's like, yeah, you're getting Jake Paul, baby. This is all the Jake Paul show. And he's like, so you're fully healthy, 100% going in this fight. Absolutely, 100%. You're going to see the best of me. And then after the fight, he's like, yeah, I got really sick twice during camp. I had Always a, happens. It always I happens. had a real yep. bad arm injury. so I broke my back. It's like, <laughs> spinal." <"What?" laughs> What? So that was annoying to say the least. But either way, but
2: his tweet was classy.
0: The, the tweet afterwards was classy. It, it's uh, I'll, I'll be honest though. Like as someone who is a fan of boxing, and it's if someone tries to tell you boxing isn't a dying game, they're lying to you. Like I, it is sadly a dying game. I mean, hell, baseball's the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people like you love baseball. There's people who tell you baseball's dying. You're like, no, no, it is. Boxing is a dying game. Because it's hard to put together the best matchups, uh, like usually it takes too long to put them together. The good thing about Jake Paul, as much as it's a pain in the ass to like for people who think that he's actually like a really good boxer, it's bringing a lot of new eyes to the sport. It's bringing a lot of new interest to the sport, bringing money to the sport. So hopefully, it makes for for more big fights. But. Uh, it, I'm I'm not a fan of Jake Paul, but I'm certainly a fan of the attention he brings to the sport. So uh, it's a double-edged sword for me. Will you watch if we get a Nate Diaz Logan Paul fight? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch Nate Diaz box you. I'll, I'll watch. I, <laughs> listen, I pay money to watch Nate Diaz fight. I, I love him. I, I I love what he does. He's he's not the best, but he always puts on a show. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd be for that. What happened? Speaking of Nate Diaz, uh, what happened in the UFC this weekend? Unfortunately, you guys who heard our show on Friday, uh, Ryan Spann joined the program and uh, the main event, the main event headliner, except it wasn't Nikita Krilov pulls out of the fight about two hours before it's supposed to go off. He must have seen that whiteboard. So forfeit, we win, right? Plus 150 cash it. Mm, Not quite how it works. That's called a refund. Uh, So all bets canceled on Ryan Spann. No word yet on when they're going to make it up. But fear not. There's good news. What's that? It is John Jones fight week this week. John Bones Jones? John Jones fights on Saturday against Cyril Gahn, UFC Sick. 284. So uh, the return, first time since 2020. Are we worried about that, that it's been so long? No. Okay. He is now a heavyweight. I've seen him hitting pads, he is an absolute monster. He opened up at plus one twenty five. I saw. I got him at plus one fifteen. He's now minus one fifty five. I suggest you bet on John Jones today if you can. Uh, but it's a, it's a pretty cool card all around. So uh, if you're into fight sports, it's a good weekend. Bo Nickel also makes his UFC debut. If you've not heard of Bo Nickel, um, you should have. Bo Nickel went to Penn State University. As a freshman he went 33 and 2 in wrestling huh. and won the silver like got second place in the national championships. Uh 2017 he went 26 and 1 and won the national championship. 2018 and 19 he combined to go 61 and 0 and won two national championships. He is one of the greatest wrestlers that's ever existed. He is the best wrestler who has ever been in the UFC hmm. and that includes Daniel Cormier, who was an Olympic wrestler. Henry Cejudo, who's an Olympic wrestler. Uh, this guy is an absolute freak. He has had three fights now in MMA. He is 3-0 and with under two and a half minutes of cage time. I was about to say, are they all submissions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, so, submissions are pounding guys out. Like just okay. taking them, ragdolling them and pounding them out. So he's two minus, submissions, one knockout. He's minus 1,400. Yeah, right now, that's a good price. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, this dude is an absolute freak. So uh, what weight is he? He's 185. Okay, that's so what you, is that, that's what you—that's what I thought. Uh, and if they said, "Hey, we need someone to fight Bo Nickel at 185," I would not have <laughs> raised my hand. CM Punk, I was down for. Bo Nickel, pass. I'm gonna let y'all have that. Who, you know who I'm else? You know that. who else is a heavy favorite this weekend? Who's that?
1: Valentina. Shichenko. Valentina.
0: Yes, she is on the card as well. Yeah, it's a fun card. So uh, we've been due a good pay per view. Three fights fell off the card this last weekend, including Ryan Spann after weigh ins. Hopefully, we get some because we had some bad luck last week on that. Hopefully, we get some good luck this week. There should be some fun fights.
1: Head on over to pregame.com. Grab yourself a daily best bet package or a season-long package. Plenty of great stuff available at pregame.com with the XFL going on right now. College basketball about to get into March madness. Of course, NBA, NHL, and more. And the big UFC card coming up this week with John Bones Jones. Use the promo code ICE20, I C E 20. ICE20 gets you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas and...